Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no? Did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Hello. Happy 4th of July, friends. It's Francis from Oops the Podcast, and I'm joined as ever by my co-host, Julio Gallarati. G, how are you? Happy 4th of July, everybody. Uh, happy 4th of July, Francis. Uh, how you feeling, buddy? Well, I want to talk to you about the 4th of July because I think this is an interesting one. Okay. This feels like the least festive 4th of July that I can remember in my life. Meaning, uh, yeah, agreed. It it feels weird to celebrate uh, America's birthday this year more than any other year before, and um, I'm sure that some people will get mad at me for even saying that. But that's just how I feel. It feels like the birth of America is embroiled in so many, uh, so many problems. Like uh, you know, we all these issues with Christopher Columbus lately. Uh, we've seen a lot of statues of not just Confederate um, sort of legends and, uh, and generals being torn down, but also Roosevelt and um, other <laughs> other people like that at, at Princeton. They tore down the, the, the Woodrow Wilson statue or the, they took his name off the building. And so now we're getting into U.S. presidents and... Um, and then you talk about uh, Colin Kaepernick's protest, you know, getting a, a real second wind. Ava DuVernay is coming out with a, a document, a six-part documentary, five-part documentary about Colin Kaepernick. She did the story about the Central Park Five that I recommended, which just was kind of gutting. Um, and it, it just seems like um, celebrating, you know, like this is what I was thinking the other day. Thank God. We don't have Fourth of July merch that we're trying to push right now. <laughs> just like Uncle, you know, Uncle Sam taking a yeah, taking a beer like, funnel, like world back to back World War II champs, like tank tops or like gaudy American flag shorts. I don't know. It would just feel so out of tune with the moment um, to be throwing back natty lights and funneling beers and, and wearing silly visors on a beach. Uh, this 4th of July. Now, am I a bitch for saying that? Like, you know, are we still able to celebrate this? Or do you think that there is going to be a muted recognition of the 4th of July this summer? I didn't even think you meant it like that. I thought you meant it like we can't hang out with people. Oh. Let us not forget about that element as well. You know? Sure. In addition. Sure. I mean, my... Fourth of July's of, of recent years have turned into smaller affairs. They're not the 70, 80 person gatherings on the beach or, right. you know, cooler heists that they've been in the past. 
Yeah. Um, well, dude, like you're right. It's definitely being patriotic at the moment is not trendy. And, uh, you know, and, and if you were planning on doing the big beach party, I mean, you have to do it with caution or it's going to be in the back of your head that you're being a shitty person, you know? I, I asked a friend of mine who has a very good finger on the pulse of U.S. history and reads history books all the time. I said, what? Well, first of all, I said, is this the most divided time, do you think, in, in our country's history? And he said no. He, he thought Vietnam was worse. Um, what about the Civil said, War? Yeah, the Civil War, of course, right? Obviously. Yeah. And then I said, well, what will we need to get out of this? And he said, we, we need a war. He said I, that just yeah. that simply, that in times of war, the country bands together. We're all on the same side. It reminds you that we're fighting for the same cause. It's a little bit like, and this is just my analogy, a little bit like when I was playing lacrosse, I know football teams are the same. The offense and the defense are at each other's throats in practice five days a week. We hated each other. The, the defense thought that the offense was prima donnas. We, the offense, thought that the defense was a bunch of meatheads out to hurt us. And then somehow on Saturday, we all came together and we were cheering for each other as one. Uh, and you, remind, you remember that you're fighting for the same team. Um, do we need a war? Obviously, that's a horrible thing to say. War is terrible. The toll that it takes on families, on on human life, uh, that the atrocities of, of, of injuries and all that are not lost on me. But is there anything other than a war that could bring us out of this moment? I mean, dude, I think, you know, it'll take, take a little time inevitably, which is fine. You know what I mean? Like change and things, they take, it's a process, but you could also argue that like the COVID situation is a war. <laughs> so like, yeah. and if that, and it, in a way it's, I, I would argue maybe that 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 situation maybe kind of pushed forward this big push for social change just because people are way more on edge. You know what I mean? I know yeah. that, that this isn't like a groundbreaking theory, but like, I don't know if you feel this way, but people in my mind are not fully themselves in a way where like they're way more, uh, they're way more quick to like go from zero to a hundred. Like yeah, people that I know are like very on edge and very almost like ready to snap. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've been forgiving a lot of people uh, before I take my first bite of dinner. Um, it's crazy, right? Yeah. I've just been sort of saying in my head, like, uh, you know, don't let me hold it against that person for the fact that they did this or whatever. And I would hope that a lot of people are, are granting me the same forgiveness. Boy, this is a heavy start to this episode, but um, dude, I was thinking like, what if we just picked up what, well, well, like, you know, a small war, a very winnable war. Like what if we scheduled an exhibition war with Guam or own Gu Guam is our territory, dude. Yeah. So that wouldn't work. That's, <laughs> I see what you're saying. I dude, I don't know. I, I wonder about that because if you think about it, like there hasn't been a ton of patriotism around wars since Vietnam. 
that I can recall. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I guess I was a Dude, little the, the early days of the war in Afghanistan Fair. were, right. You're right. you go back and you, I, sometimes I check right. on right. the presidential approval rating and it always compares the current president to past presidents. And if you look at president George W. Bush's approval rating right after 9-11, when we announced we were going to war in Afghanistan, it is so much higher than Obama's ever was, uh, I think, than Clinton's ever was. That's like the highest presidential approval rating of the last 20 years. God, I'm saying that. I'm not 100% sure that's true, but it, it certainly looked that way on Gallup or Real <laughs> Clear Politics or whatever. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That was uh, an exception for sure uh, for, against what I just said. But that very quickly changed when Iraq – Iraq blossomed out of it when we added Iraq to the mix yeah <laughs> but whatever um, but yeah you're right okay so in that but but that was spurred on by a national tragedy so that would mean but dude that that's the thing that's so frustrating like we're currently going through a national tragedy and it's making us more divided sure but the that's exactly right and the problem is that um and I, I look we're not going to get too political on this show we try to stay away from that but um the fact that different states have different feelings about this. Some states basically think it's just a, a hoax or not something to worry about. And then other states have taken it very seriously. And you've got seriously like New York resenting the Floridas and the Texases of the world. And then they in turn resented New York early on when New York had the worst number of cases due to population density. So, um, I'm just thinking we should we could schedule a, a, a friendly, like a scrimmage war. Maybe we give everyone paintball guns, you know, so it's not quite um, as dark and <laughs> menacing as a as a true war. But if, if we scheduled a paintball war with Russia or Syria, like a true enemy, you know, so that we could actually we could actually rally for it. They could sell merch, you know. We could sell. Uh, U.S. versus Russia paintball war of 2020, pellet guns. I don't know what it would be. Um, um, you could get – I just think that that would be a nice thing for us to get off the couch for and to, to celebrate. To rally together, right? Well, dude, I want, war. Let me ask you this. So mm. in New York and the tri-state area, we took very serious precautions because of how badly it happened to us, right? Mm -hmm. Like people were dying. It was fucked up. So these other places, which I've been in all of these places that you've mentioned, Florida, Texas, I, I wonder, and this is sad if this is the case, but like, do they just like, they're doing things, they're wearing masks, the restaurants are still like 75% capacity, which is being full. Like, are these things going to work? I don't know. I think that they think they're doing things. Hmm. And it, I mean, according to the statistics, it's not, it's not working. Right. And like, hopefully it won't get to the point it was in New York, but I don't think, and I, I might be wrong, I'm sure there are people who do feel this way, but the way it seemed to me everywhere besides South Dakota, in South Dakota, it was like they just didn't, they're like, coronavirus. Every other state, I swear to you, I've been to, <laughs> when I'm done with this trip, I will have been to 18 states. Oh my and, God. Yeah. And South Dakota is the only one where people completely acted like coronavirus didn't exist. Even in Texas, Florida, like people, like people wearing masks, I, I don't know. So hmm. I wonder if people 
think that they're doing enough and maybe they're just not? Well, you tell me. I mean, I is, it, um, is it that at the bars in Florida and Texas, they are just much more relaxed about hugging and all that stuff? I don't know. Because at the bar, all right, I got takeout from a restaurant in Texas. At the bar, there were guys drinking margaritas wearing masks. The bar was full, but people were wearing masks at the bar. And was I, it dude, full I, indoors? Was it indoors? Yes. And dude, I, I've seen people with MAGA hats wearing masks also. All right. But here's the thing, Julio. That's the difference, right? Right. If bars are allowing people indoors in Texas and Florida, and they're not in New York City, that's your disconnect. What, what, what do you mean? They've said that the, the virus spreads much more Inside, indoors right? yeah. than it does outdoors. Right. And currently, even though New York has relaxed a lot, we're in phase two, whatever, the only restaurants that are allowing people to come sit and eat at their places are, have outdoor seating set up. Right. And there's also this rule of like, when the hostess grabs you from her podium, uh, you have to wear your mask as you walk through the restaurant or the various tables until you get to your table, at which point you are allowed to remove your mask. And then when you leave the restaurant, wow. you're supposed to put your mask back on. It's great. And there's an adherence to that. Right. People are, are staying true to that. I just don't think, I haven't seen anyone in New York who blatantly shirks their mask duty right. or just says like, fuck this, I'm not abiding. Right. And my question to you is, is that because we experience the true darkness of how bad this can get? It's possible. It's very possible. And it's sad um, if that's what it takes. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, do you think that Florida, once they get it together on the other side of this, is going to be shell-shocked enough that they will then tighten up their mask wearing and all of that? I don't, I, I don't know. I guess, I guess the next like couple of weeks will be really very telling with all that stuff. Hopefully, you know, it doesn't get too bad. It's a crazy time, I dude. I think it's, I think it's the type of in Maine when I went up there and um, performed that comedy show at that right wing militia stronghold, <laughs> everyone there, everyone there was laughing, laughing at it. Oh, coronavirus. And they, they were like, Oh, I'm so glad we don't have to, do this social distancing bullshit you know they think it's they think it's a conspiracy theory crazy that's crazy man i mean let me ask you this do you feel because i know this is sort of how i feel i felt very optimistic a couple weeks ago like as far as covid goes like i felt like things were improving and, and trending in the right direction and now i feel like that is no longer the case is that wrong or uh here's the thing so much of it depends on where you are. I mean, New York has fewer. I read that New York has fewer than 1,000 patients in all hospitals related to COVID right now. Wow, that's great. Which is bananas. bananas. If you think about how they were running out of hospital beds. I remember those clips of exhausted doctors kind of putting their hands to their heads, just thinking, how the hell are we ever going to help these people? It's too many. There's too many. And that wasn't that long ago. And now everybody in New York is peaceful. This is a nice place to be. This feels like Maine to me. 
That's crazy. Dude. I feel like I'm back in Maine here in New York. It's very relaxed. So, um, I, you know, I think, I think that, uh, what was your question again? I can't even remember. If you feel, <clears throat> yeah, I think you already answered it. I was basically asking if you feel like optimistic about like the sort of upward trend of the way yeah. things are going. I feel optimistic about New York and I, I think, um, I feel optimistic that the place where I live is not being ravaged as hard anymore. Right. Um, having said that, I do think that there's a long road back that right. could have hills and valleys. Um, right. Or a long way from being out of the woods. But I think we've also learned a lot about the disease, disease and how to combat it. And I think that we've learned that this is not just a hold on until we have a vaccine type thing, but that you can actually really impact the prevalence of the disease by being smart. And we've seen that in certain states. It's so strange to see a map of the country right now where. I know. And then a handful of states have cases uh, returning and then some are kind of just staying the same. I mean, that should provide serious data points about the different approaches that state governments have taken to mitigating this. And we should just follow the states that have worked. Like, what are they doing differently? Because it's no longer just a case of like the most rural states are fine. And then the states with the highest population density are getting screwed. Right, right. Yeah, it's true, man. It's true. It's because uh, I don't know. I, in my head, I was like, oh, well, you know, comedy will be back soon on the road because other places aren't like I didn't expect for these other places to become hotspots. Like, I, I, I don't know why I was being optimistic, I guess. So like, I figured New York wouldn't have stand up till next year, maybe, but other places would. And now it's looking like New York might have it before ro the road, quote unquote, happens again. I know. I don't even know if I'm a comedian anymore. Dude, I've thought about this and it's really weird. It's I, weird I, don't, I don't remember a time when I was a comedian. <laughs> when I watch clips of my old stand-up, I don't see myself. feels very foreign to me. Um, and I'm at peace with that. I, I, I think I'll probably edge back and, and you know get back in the mix a little bit. But uh, I don't know, dude. I just... I I've found a lot more happiness from other things that I've been working on. And um, that's what I would say about that. Yeah. I mean, we'll see when, uh, yeah, it's like, I've made the adjustment now and when it comes back, I'll, you know, I guess I'll get back into it, but it's, it feels like a big, un, it takes like a, it seems like a massive undertaking to get back into it. Yeah. It feels like starting over from yeah, scratch. It's from pretty scratch. crazy. Now. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, Fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell, Anchor, Anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize so you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running it's really exciting really spectacular if you want to start your very own podcast anchor.fm download it now how's your trip going where are you what's the latest oh so dude so i was in yellowstone yesterday see um, now you're starting to get to places i give a shit about <laughs> but dude so this lady got gored by a buffalo yesterday 
in Yellowstone. I'm not, I'm not rooting for it, but <laughs> when it happens, I mean, the word gourd is <laughs> one of my favorite verbs. I have to say, I have to say it by a bison. Dude, she got, bull. she got, <laughs> she got 10 feet away from the thing, tried to take a picture and it That's just ripped her apart. It's always that way. It happened when we were there when I was nine years old. It's been going on for decades. It's no joke, dude. Now, is she okay? She is in the hospital in Idaho, I believe. I think she, it appears like she's going to be okay. Uh, but, geez, dude, I, you know, that seems really – And, dude, I'm telling you, when that bison was trotting at me, I've talked about this before, it's fucking scary, dude. I ran to the car. Yeah, uh, because you know when that thing starts moving, you you don't want to be around it. If it were a bull, you wouldn't do this, right? And they basically are bulls, right? Why why do people treat them differently? Is it because we have more stuffed animal bison than we do <laughs> fluffy bulls? why are we not afraid of these bison they tell us to be afraid every year someone takes a selfie gets gored um (laughs) it's it's just the way of the world uh what do you i mean what are your thoughts like why does that keep happening i don't know people are stupid i get the the thing about yellowstone that's so crazy if you if you've never been animals are fucking everywhere and it depends on what part of the park you're in uh like i actually didn't see a ton of animals when i was there yesterday but the first time I went, I saw elk everywhere, bison everywhere. I saw bears, fucking, I saw moose yesterday. They're everywhere. So that's exciting. So people get excited and they forget that they're not on Joe Exotic's fucking safari tour and that they're right. in a f- national forest and that these animals will run at you and can run at you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're fucking wild animals, dude. And I don't know how much cl- more clearly they have to spell it out. They literally hand you five pamphlets with a giant picture of a bison on it that are like, these are wild animals. Mm-hmm. stay away you know what i mean mm-hmm. so dude i don't know i was just thinking about if a bison fell into one of the geysers uh <laughs> would it would it cook it like a sous vide <laughs> like could you get a perfectly medium rare bison if you fished it out of old faithful at the right time <laughs> air cooked bison yeah and then it's you could reverse sear. sear it on joe rogan's grill Dude, that is five minute ad about that girl. Yeah. Um, so, dude, the 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 geysers are are one of my favorite things I've seen in my life. Have you oh, seen wow. any geysers? So now that I'm actually disappointed to hear you say that because I drove, dude. I I packed it in a little too hard here. I'll get I'll get to that in a second. But like, when you're on a trip like this and you've been driving a shit ton of miles, you look at the map, and suddenly things don't look as far as they really are. So yeah. I'm like, I'll go to Yellowstone. It's like a thousand mile detour total you know what i mean like it was very overly ambitious so i got here at like two o'clock yesterday i went to the grand tetons which are like half an hour away from yellowstone they're beautiful um so then by the time i actually get into yellowstone it's like 5 30 well i'm driving through yellowstone all day you know so it's hard to even have time mm-hmm. to stop so i ta- i stopped at some of those prismatic springs which are kind of connected to the geysers what a word that is what does prismatic mean <laughs> It's like these big, like, remember when you were a kid and you'd get those, like, amethyst rocks or, like, those, like, yes, it, yes. it kind of, like, looks like that, but it's a big pond. And it's, like, yellow and blue and, like, beautiful. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, it's hard to, like, see it really clearly because there's so much smoke. So it's, like, similar to the geysers, but I didn't go to Old Faithful because I only had, like, 
an hour to decide what to do. You know what I mean? Mm. So I was like, Oh, I can do this. I can do that. So it was kind of like a bummer as far as, um, that goes. So I basically gone completely against what I was trying to do when I set out on this trip, which was to take my time, be lazy on the trip. I extended my car rental. And then like eight days in, I realized I want to be at my girlfriend's 4th of July party. Oh man. <laughs> so I skipped, dude, I skipped to Texas. Basically, I was supposed to spend two nights in Texas, skipped it because of COVID. So I got two nights back and then I was supposed to spend another night in between South Dakota and Kansas. And I just blasted through and went straight to South Dakota. Um, so I'm like, all right, it'll be fine. Right. But now I'm kind of like, I'm going to have to drive like 500 miles a day for the next three days. Uh, it's, uh, well, okay. At least you have a clarity of purpose. I think that's helpful. Like if nothing else, you've made discoveries here, but I would also add that from watching your Instagram stories religiously, your being in Yellowstone by far to me is the scenery that I've found the most um you found the most what like awe-inspiring and right. and compelling and totally. i think i think that that will i mean do you have a highlight of the trip so far like if you had to say a, one moment that stood out or one place that you thought was you know justified this entire undertaking what would it be so far i so that's a good question i would have to think about that a little bit more i can't say for sure what I'll say the Badlands in South Dakota was surprisingly impressive. Huh? I've been to Yellowstone before. I know how incredible it is. I mean, it's an unbelievable. And I'm happy that the trip is peaking here. Like this is, I saw a family of moose yesterday. I was just like, it just being in Yellowstone alone is an, is an incredible treat. Mm-hmm. I was driving around for three, four hours, whatever. Um, but the Badlands, I didn't expect to be so cool. What are the Badlands again? It sounds like something out of The Lion King. Right? It's just like these giant, like, stone mountain situations that's just, like, everywhere. And there's no real, like, grass or anything. It's just, like, these jagged, rocky mountain. I'll send you a video uh, later. It, it, was, okay. it was fucking crazy. So that was really cool. And I love surprises like that. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. a thing that I try. And I try not to, like, look at pictures of the stuff too much so I don't ruin it for myself. Um, so I really love, I really love that. Obviously Yellowstone's incredible. Um, but also I would say that the thing that's been the most incredible about this trip is the contrast. Mm-hmm. Now I know I've been ambitious with how much ground I've covered, but I've really seen a really good percentage of the country in 10 days, you know what I mean? Right. Right. Which is fucking cool, man. Like I was in the, I was in the, on the bayou four or five days ago and now I'm in Yellowstone, you know what I mean? So that's, that's wild. Fucking cool. I, I do think, go sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Well, I was going to say that the diversity of topography in America is uh, is is really up there. I mean, totally. Uh, in terms of like, what? How many countries do you know where we you can see such a incredible change between one three hour drive and the next? It's amazing, dude. It's yeah. it's truly an incredible uh, fucking country. Well, dude, you want to hear something funny though? Uh, I went to so I went to Joe Exotic's Zoo. The actual one? Yeah, <laughs> I saw that, but I thought I thought you were kidding because I thought I thought it was just a different one that was like the same concept. But no, wow. Winwood Exotic Animal Farm or whatever in Oklahoma, and it's now owned by the guy who came in and like bought it from him, right? I heard that it's owned by Carol Basket now. I don't even remember. I mean, I can't I even remember an... how Tiger King ended. Honestly, yeah, dude, I, I I sort of fizzled out with it too. But I think there's like an addendum episode. 
where it shows that like Carol Baskin bought it or something. Wow. I might be wrong about that, but whatever. But dude, I will say this. It's in like a nice part of Oklahoma. Okay. And in the show, they portray it like it's like a trailer park, shitty white trash. Like that's the way that they portray it. But dude, it's right next to like a really nice area. Huh. So I thought that that was interesting. And it just shows that like you can paint things to look however you want. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, dude, there was, the, there was another zoo in the show. The one where they weren't really allowed in, but they had to stop at the gates. I don't remember if that was uh, in Oklahoma or not, but that looked like a really, really wealthy part of wherever the hell they were. Oh, I don't even remember, but that, that definitely makes sense, dude. Dude, um, you know what I've been doing a lot lately? I've been going on Zillow, the house hunting app, and setting my preferences to $30 million and six-plus <laughs> bedrooms See and yet. taking virtual tours when I'm high. <laughs> like this so bowling funny. alley only has two lanes come on <laughs> we're gonna have a, more yeah. guests than that dude you're gonna be a great dad man you're ready you're ready i i'm ready i think you're ready dude, i don't know about that dude your your knowledge around the grill your like the way you keep a household your, you know, your, your high activities. I just think you're a dad, dude, through and through, baby. Uh, okay, but here's the thing. You know, what, <laughs> you know what people always mention when they say why they're not ready to have children yet is, and this is something that I want to ask you about. It's my, I always say that my, you know, I want to have a couple more years with my girlfriend where we are young and can travel. You know what I right, mean? Right, right, right. Now, the world is shut down. So that argument is losing water uh, as we speak. But I don't know that the, the answer is to just add a child to our rather small universe. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, do, like, do you have that feeling of, you know, wanting to spend a few years with your girlfriend or whomever you end up marrying before you have kids where you can just like be two young people uh with, yeah. with, you know really really like making double dual incomes and you know c- c- traveling around being able to do anything you want at the drop of a hat and 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 feeling like financially uh successful whatever yes and dude to be honest like i think about it i think about how much freedom i have and all that stuff and how i can kind of like decide to do stuff out of the blue you know what i mean the idea of be, of losing that is stressful i'm not ready to lose that yet yeah um, yeah exactly i think your so, trip right now is a great example of it too totally but i mean would i be able to do this trip if work was going on as normal probably not anyway but sure but yeah yeah but that's you know that's almost a moot point like the point is that these were the circumstances and as because you don't have a kid or a dog you've been able to just rent a car and extend your trip and sort of fly by uh, the seat of your pants for the last eight or nine days or whatever the hell it is. Dude. Yeah. Amen, man. I'm in Idaho right now and uh, you know, wish me the best fucking getting back. Hell yeah, dude. Well, we will do that. And we're going to, we're going to stop there for today. Keep this episode nice and short. Um, But we'll join you again uh, very soon. Have a, have a wonderful 4th of July, everybody. This is Oops the Podcast. 
and happy birthday to America, uh, I guess. I don't know, you know, for sure. Whatever. Good. Have, have a blast, everyone. <laughs>